And so I want to talk to you again about the name of Jesus and we as the body of Christ now using that name. Thank God we talked about how through uh, using his name in prayer, the Lord wants to meet all of your needs. Remember Jesus said, hitherto you've asked me nothing, but whatever you ask the Father in my name. What does it say? What does it say? Are y'all here this morning? He said, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will what? He will get, but you got to ask how? In the name of Jesus. If his words abide in you and you abide in him, but if you ask in the name of Jesus, it's like Jesus himself asking the Father. You say, well, I'm concerned about the will of God. Well, the word of God is the will of God, and if the word of God abides in you, then you won't ask outside of the will of God. But I'm telling you, if you ask the Father anything in my name, Jesus said, I will what? I'll make you beg for it. He said, I'll give it to you. Hallelujah. So there's the prayer side of things. And then I said, the, the name of Jesus and the person of Jesus is inseparable. We're saved by the name of Jesus. And so I want to remind you of something. First, I want to look at the power in the name. And I want you to understand that religion that is inspired by the devil. You know, the Bible talks about doctrines of demons. Well, where do you think those doctrines of demons get into? It's the church. It's not in the world. Well, no, that's, no. <laughs> so what, if the, for people like us, you have to understand, the devil knows we're saved, filled with the Holy Ghost, and going to heaven. He can't stop that. But what he does want to stop is your effectiveness on the earth. What he what does want to stop is you walking in the blessings of God that are for you here and now. And one of the things the devil has tried, you see, after, you remember what the word of God says, if the devil had known, he would have never crucified the Lord of glory. So after he found Jesus in hell and Jesus destroyed him and took his power and took the keys, amen, now the devil has to come up with another plan. And immediately he has one. And it's found in Acts chapter 4. Start at verse 13. Well, we'll just read 12 because it's good. Neither is there salvation in any other name. For there is no other name under heaven given unto men whereby we must be saved. So what is it? Jesus. That name. That name brings salvation and all that salvation includes. We must speak that name. I told you this and I mean it. People don't mind you saying, God bless you. But when you invoke the name of Jesus, you have invoked a decision. You believe that he is the cornerstone or he's a stumbling stone to you. There's all kinds of gods, but there's only one Jesus. There's all kinds of religions, but there's only one way to the Father. Jesus said, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. No man. No man, nobody gets to the Father but through me. There is not salvation in any other name. It would be selfish of us to withhold that name from them. It would be selfish of us. It would be foolish of us not to speak that name. Amen. I love singing about his name. And I love doing it amongst ourselves because when we do, I don't know if you notice, but when you sing the name of Jesus, the power goes up. It just does. There's something about that name. There's something about that name. 
And when you invoke that name, it causes the decision. And so, so it says, so there's no other name. Verse 13. Now, the religious people get involved. When they saw the boldness of Peter and John, and they perceived they were unlearned and ignorant men, I qualify. They marveled and took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. Religion can't tell if you've been with anybody. Religion can't tell if you've been with anybody. But a relationship with the Lord, you can, it, it's obvious when someone has been with Jesus. And beholding the man which was healed, standing with them, they could say nothing against it. There's nothing they could say against the miracle because they saw him right there. And when they had commanded them to go aside to the council, they conferred among themselves. What shall we, and when they began to confer among themselves, I believe that's when the devil showed up. Saying, what shall we do to these men? For indeed a notable miracle has been done by them and manifests to all them that dwell in Jerusalem, and we cannot deny it. But if it spread no further, so that it spread no further among the people, let us straightly threaten them, and they speak henceforth no man in this name. So we're not, there they are, there's a miracle, how are we going to stop this? And I believe the devil inspired them. Well, tell them to quit speaking in the name. Let's silence that name. Let's not talk about that name. Why? Because there's salvation in that name. There's healing in that name. There's deliverance in that name. There was a miracle in that name. And they called them and commanded them not to speak or teach in the name of Jesus. The devil's strategy is to get Jesus, you know, once he gets in you, the devil can't do anything about that. But what he wants to keep you from doing is get Jesus out of you. He doesn't want you to speak that name. He don't want you to talk about that name. You can talk about the things of God, but I'm telling you, once you start talking about the person of Jesus, everything changes. Hallelujah. And Peter and John answered and said unto them, well, whether it's right in the sight of God to hearken unto you more than unto God, you judge. In other words, you, you barking up the wrong tree. For we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. So you got to see something and hear something. And you got to have it on your own. So when they had further threatened them, they let them go, finding nothing, how they might punish them, because the people of the men glorified God for what had been done. For the man was above 40 years on whom this miracle of healing was showed. All right? And then I want to skip over, and then we're going to come back in, in Acts chapter 5. So, well, just to give you a preview, Acts chapter 4, they went back to their own company. How I many know you need your own company? You need to hang out with people who believe like you. You need to hang out with people who know the name of Jesus. You got, you got to hang out with people who know how to praise. You got to hang out with people who know how to pray. You got to hang out with people who know how to speak the word. Amen. We need you. You need us. Amen. And they prayed, remember? And then after that, the place was shaken and they went forth with boldness, right? And what happened was, you know, uh, so things, so that, that one miracle was just one. But then they began to pop like popcorn the last 30 seconds in the microwave. Amen. They began to, the miracles, signs and wonders began to pop everywhere. Because really what it did was embolden the whole body of Christ to start using the name of Jesus. Because Peter and John said, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have. In other words, they all got something and they decided I got the name of Jesus too. And the Bible talks about many miracles. Amen. Well, so the first group, the first warning didn't work. Let's try it again. Acts chapter 5. 23, um, um, 
so they, they grabbed him, put him in prison again because they were, they, were, uh, they were supposed to not do it, but the Lord supernaturally got him out and they're up speaking again. Um, uh, so verse 22, the officers came, found them not in prison. They returned and told, saying, the prison truly found we shut up with safety and the keeper standing out without the door, but um, uh, there's nobody there. And the high priest and the captain of the temple and the chief priest heard it. Uh, they doubted of them, which were, they, you know, they were, they were they, sure that didn't happen. And they came and told them, saying, behold, the men who you put in prison are staying in the temple and teaching the people. And so um, they did everything. And then, um, so they captured them again. Verse 28, saying, did we not straightly command you? Did we not command you? Can you see this? The, I hope you can see this. If the devil can shut down the name, he can shut down the power. If the devil can shut down the name, he shuts down salvation. Because there is no other name whereby we can be saved. If, if the devil can get Jesus out of your mouth and just in your heart, you're not going to be effective. You hear me? Are you hearing me? we got to speak the name. We got to shout the name, shout it in the mountains, shout it in the streets, shout it over your family. They really need it. Amen. We told you not to do that. Behold, you have now filled Jerusalem with your doctrine and intend to bring this man's blood upon us. Then Peter and the other apostles, now he's got the other apostles with him. Because it wasn't just Peter and John now. Now they're all saying this. We ought to obey God rather than men. <laughs> the God of our fathers raised up Jesus, whom you slew and hung on a tree. Him God exalted with his right hand to be the prince and savior for to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. And we are witnesses. Why were you supposed to get power? Why are you supposed to get baptized with the Holy Ghost and speak in other tongues? Because you're supposed to be a witness. What are you a witness of? Jesus is alive. What are you supposed to witness? What is a witness? A witness is somebody who has heard firsthand and seen firsthand. You're supposed to be a witness of the resurrection of the Lord. Well, I wasn't there. Oh, sure you were. Oh, sure you were. You were raised up together with him. Sure you were. Sure you were there. Well, I don't remember it. Well, you don't have to remember it. It's in the Bible. I didn't feel it. Well, it's not a feeling. It's a knowing. I have witnessed the resurrection. <laughs> Hallelujah. It says, um, you know, we are witnesses of these things, and so is also the Holy Ghost, whom God has given to them that obey him. When they heard that, they were cut to the heart and took counsel. Well, we're going to kill these guys. And then remember, one of them stood up and said, listen, if this is from God, you can't fight against it. So uh, verse 38, they decided to go another way. Now I say unto you, refrain from these men and let them alone. For if this counsel work be of men, it will come to nothing. But if it be of God, you can't overthrow it. Listen to me, the church is going to be here and it's going to be here in power till Jesus comes because you can't overthrow it. There'll always be somebody. There'll always be somebody. There'll always be a remnant. 
who believe in the name of Jesus, who shout the name of Jesus, who speak the name of Jesus. He's coming for a glorious church, not a weak and wimpy church. Amen. Uh, and to him they agreed, and when they called the apostles, they beat them. They commanded they should not speak in the name of Jesus, and they let them go. And they departed, I love verse 41 and 42, and they departed from the presence of the council, rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer shame for his name. You know, I don't know that you have to be beaten, uh, but the truth of the matter is you've got to be willing to stand up for the name of Jesus. You know, I've, I, I, I'm older now, but I've never seen more people more free to speak against God and believers and church that I've seen now. Just totally unafraid. To you know, before at least, if they thought that, they kept it quiet. They ain't keeping quiet anymore. Well, I got good news. Where sin does abound, grace does much more abound. So the devil may be stirring people up, but I believe the Lord is stirring some people up. Come on, we're not going to be the quiet church. We're going to be the people who speak the name of Jesus. And it says, uh, they were accounted worthy to suffer shame for his name, for his name, for his name. And daily in the temple, in every house, they cease not to teach and preach, what? The name of Jesus Christ. So the devil and religion says, be quiet. Okay, you got yours. Now your salvation is just for you. Now you just be blessed and you be quiet till you go to heaven. But that is not the plan of God. The plan of God is for you to be saved, filled with the Holy Ghost, walk in your redemptive rights, but to begin to speak and teach and preach in the name of Jesus. Well, Pastor Mark, I'm not a five-fold minister. Well, I thought you'd say something like that, so I've got some answers for you today because I'm here to activate Cornerstone Word of Life Church and this body to do the works of Jesus like never before. Come on, it's time to get off your blessed assurance and do something for God. Luke chapter 24. I mean everybody. I mean everybody. Not just here to fill a chair. Amen? Not just here to do my duty. Not here just to hold on until Jesus comes. I'm here to do something. Man, if you weren't here Wednesday night, Marty talked right along my lines, you know, the judgment seat of Christ. I was like, dude, that's so good. He was like, was that okay? I was like, that's more than okay. That was, that was magnificent. Hallelujah. Because uh, how many want to hear well done? I'd like to have us all get soul winners crowns. Last week. I'd like for us all to get soul winners crowns. Hallelujah. What does that mean? That means I actually got to talk about Jesus to somebody. I actually got to speak his name. Or at least be like the woman at the well and say, come meet a man. Just at least get him in the room. Hallelujah. Luke chapter 24, verses 46 and 47. This is Jesus as he's resurrected, the son of God, the son of man. Uh, he's saying some things to the body of Christ. Uh, he's speaking directly to the apostles, but he's speaking to us. And he said this in Luke chapter 24, verses 46 and 47. And he said unto them, thus it is written, and thus it behooved Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead on the third day. Are you glad that Jesus rose from the dead on the third day? And that repentance 
and remission of sins should be preached in his name among all nations. We should, repeat, should we be preaching repentance? I know there's a new, new fangly doctrine that says we don't have to repent anymore. Well, that goes totally against what Jesus said. And repentance and remission of sin. That's another thing that some newfangly stuff does. Everybody's okay. Everybody's not okay. Well, he's a loving God. He is. He loved us so much that he sent us Jesus. Amen. We got to share it. Hallelujah. And the... And that repentance and remission of sin should be preached in his name among all nations, beginning in Jerusalem. And you are a witness of these things. And then Acts chapter 2, just to talk a little bit about this, we shouldn't shy away from repentance. Repentance is a gift. It's not a burden. It's a gift. It's, it's gracious of the Lord to allow us to repent. And aren't you glad you can do it more than once? You don't have to get born again more than once, but if you mess up, if you mess up, <laughs> hallelujah. Acts chapter 2, verse 38. <laughs> hallelujah. It says, then Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ. For the remission of sins, and you'll receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Well, I could camp here, uh, especially because I'm feeling all kind of um, different uh, preachy today. But uh, so we got to repent, and then we got to be baptized. What is that talking about? Well, remember when uh, you know they came and Paul said to the uh, these this guys at Ephesians, he was talking about Jesus, and, and um, you know he said, "Have you uh, been baptized in the Holy Ghost?" And they said, "We never heard there be a Holy Ghost." And he said, "Well, what baptism did you get?" And they said, "The John's baptism." He said, "Oh, okay, that's just the beginning." He said, "Let me go, I got to tell you about it." He said, "So you need to believe on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ uh, and, and be baptized." And so he got them saved, and they were baptized in water in Jesus' name. And then he laid hands on them and they got filled with the Holy Ghost. So that's, that should be happening. That should be happening. It says that Peter said, repent and be baptized everyone in the name of Jesus for the rich of sins and you'll receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Listen to me. I know that being baptized in the Holy, I'm going to get, start getting stronger and stronger on this because of what the Lord has dealt with me about. I don't care what other churches are going to do, but you're going to hear about the baptism of the Holy Ghost. You're going to hear about tongues on a regular basis around here. Just, just listen to me. The reason the church is so weak and wimpy and religious, there's no power. And the only, listen, I'm grateful for my salvation. And you don't have to get baptized in the Holy Ghost and speak in other tongues to go to heaven. You do not. But if you're going to live on the earth, you better get it. If you're going to live on the earth, are you living on the earth in the last days? Come on. Jesus didn't say it was an option. It's not salvation, but he didn't make it an option. Amen. Come on. After repentance, after you get water, after you get born again and you get water baptized, you ought to get filled with the Holy Ghost. Listen, if you've had trouble, then we got teams around here on Sunday morning. They'll pray for you and they got a, they're really good at helping people receive what God has for them. Well, I can't receive. Well, that's just a bunch of baloney. Um, you, can, you can be taught. You can see what the word says. You can be filled. Okay, I'm not, that's not my message today. So 
so, but listen, I want you to turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. And let me throw this in here and then let me explain why. We're supposed to do the same things that Peter and John did. Well, I, I'm not an apostle. I'm not a prophet. I'm not a pastor. I'm not, thank God, you know, well, no, no, that doesn't get you off the hook. Because you're not a fivefold doesn't mean you're a sitter, that you don't do anything. Actually, the purpose of the fivefold is to prepare you for ministry. Hallelujah. You know, one of these things the devil accomplished in this last two years is he got people out of serving, out of being involved, out of their place. Come on, y'all. It's time to lead the way. You're in the room today. You need to lead the way. It's time to be serving the body of Christ, serving one another, but serving our community, serving people. Amen. Hallelujah. Second Corinthians chapter five and all things, verse 18, and all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ and has given to us the ministry of reconciliation. So yes, the fivefold. Yes, thank God for the evangelist who's going to get people born again. Yes, thank God for Christopher Alam who's going throughout you know, Africa and the rest of the world and he's an evangelist and we support him and then that takes us off the hook and we don't have to do anything anymore. But that's absolutely not the truth. You are. Everybody say, I am a minister of reconciliation. What is the reconciliation? I'm reconciling the world, the lost ones, the backslidden back to the father through the name of Jesus Christ. Well, I don't know what to say. Well, no, you listen, watch, watch this. And, um, Verse 19, to wit, that God was in Christ, verse 19, reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and has committed unto us the word of reconciliation. Everybody say, I have the word of reconciliation. Well, I don't know what to say. Yes, you do. It's on the inside of you. If all you can tell people is, I got born again, and I love Jesus, and he changed my life, then you're being a minister of reconciliation. You're telling people who did it, how he did it, and that you're changed. Start there. Well, shouldn't we at least uh, uh, memorize the Roman road? Well, if that's your background, give us some Roman road. Hallelujah. And if you know what I'm talking about, then I know where you came from. And there's nothing wrong with that. But make it simple is just tell them about Jesus. Tell him what he did for you. All right, Matthew 28. Oh, my goodness. Every time I get my notes, I think, I don't know how I'm going to fill up 45 minutes. Y'all doing good? Matthew 28, 18 through 20. Matthew 28, 18 through 20. Jesus came and spake unto them. This is he's raised from the dead, saying, all power. Aren't you glad Jesus has all power? Aren't you glad he has all power? It's given unto me in heaven and earth. Aren't you glad he has all power in heaven? All power in earth. Where do you live? So who has all power? Verse 19. Uh-oh. He just transferred it. Now you go. He just transferred it. You go. You apostles go. You evangelists go. No? Just you go. Everybody say, Lord, I'll go. Lord, I'll go where you want me. Okay. You go and teach all nations, baptizing them in the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. Verse 20, 
teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I commanded you. And lo, I'm with you even to the end of the world. Amen. Mark 16 brings it out a little more clear. Mark 16, start at verse 15. And he said to them, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. What's the gospel? The good news. Verse 16. And he that believes and baptized shall be saved. How do you know? Uh, water baptism is not salvation. But if you were born first and you're baptized. And throughout the book of Acts, the pattern is uh, in Jesus' name. Jesus said, go baptize in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. So, but in the book of Acts, we see it in Jesus' name. So I don't do it to be politically correct. I do it to be biblically correct. I baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost in Jesus' name. He that believes and is baptized shall be saved. But he that believes not shall be damned. That's, that's not, that's not. There's no iffy to that. Verse 17. And these signs shall follow them that believe. Who's the believer? Do got any believers in the room? Do got any ministers of reconciliation in the room? Do got anybody with the word of reconciliation? And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name. Everybody shout Jesus. Jesus. In my name. Y'all, we need to get to be doing this. Well, I don't want to go looking for devils. You don't have to look for them. They're everywhere. If you can't see that, I need, you need some help. He's everywhere. And it's not just a demon. You're, you have authority over whatever the devil does. These signs follow them. In my name, they'll cast out devils. They will speak with new tongues. They will. They shall. Verse 18. They just take up serpents. Now, listen, we're not bringing any snakes and doing any. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't know that was real until I moved to Alabama. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. Those are if they happen. It's like when that snake grabbed a hold of Paul and he shook it off in the fire. He's saying, I'll protect you. You go back to the early days to the Church of God, uh, Cleveland Church of God. One of the things they did, they had an early camp meeting and they didn't like this Pentecostal stuff. And so the well that they were drinking out, they poisoned. But you know what? They took this scripture and believed and they were all all right. That's what it means. Now lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Hallelujah. <laughs> Glory to God in the name of Jesus. Everybody shout Jesus. Verse 19. So then the Lord has spoken to them. He was received up into heaven and sat on the right hand of God. Verse 20. I just like to give it verse 20 because this is the verse I was called off of. And they went forth and preached everywhere. Who's they? The believer. Well, I'm not a preacher. Yeah, but you're a minister of reconciliation. You've been given the word of reconciliation. The Lord working with them, confirming his word with sign following. Amen. Hallelujah. Listen, just real quick. Turn with me to Acts chapter 9. One of my favorite guys in the Bible. Not an apostle. Not a prophet. Not an evangelist. Not a pastor. Not a teacher. His name is Ananias. A certain disciple. Remember Saul on the road persecuting the Lord appearance of the Lord. He said, uh, um, you know, Paul, Saul's like, who are you? Uh, who are you, Lord? He knew somebody, well, something big was up. Who are you, Lord? He said, I'm Jesus who you persecute. And so then, you know, he got blinded by the glory. He wasn't physically sick. He was blinded by the glory, went to this house. And then the Lord appears to Ananias, a certain disciple. Everybody say, I am a certain disciple. 
<laughs> Glory to God. I'm going to get you to confess it. I'm going to get you to do it. Acts chapter 9, verse 17, Ananias went his way after the Lord had to convince him because he's like, ooh, Lord, he's bad. And Ananias went his way and entered the house and put in his hands on him, said, Brother Saul, the Lord, even Jesus, in other words, in the name of Jesus, that appeared to you in the way that came and sent me, that you would receive your sight and be filled with the Holy Ghost. So that's what that's how, ooh, that was uh, weird. And that's how um, uh, Paul came to be. Ananias, a certain disciple, invoked the name of Jesus, the Lord, even Jesus. So, is it in the, so what does that mean? Well, he didn't say in the name of Jesus. He said, I represent, I'm coming to you from the Lord Jesus. It's the same thing as saying in the name of Jesus. Come on, you've got to understand, when you pray in Jesus' name, it's like Jesus standing right there praying with you to the Father. Come on, when you lay hands on somebody and say, in the name of Jesus, I command you to be well. It is like Jesus standing right there with you. Because him and the name, they're inseparable. There's salvation in the name. There's healing in the name. There's power in the name. There's deliverance in the name. There is no other name, not in heaven, not in earth, not below the earth, that is greater than the name of Jesus. It's above every name. It's above every name. Now, John chapter 14 causes some people consternation in the body of Christ because they don't believe the Bible. They've talked themselves out of the Bible, but we've talked ourselves into the Bible. We don't get beliefs and then try to go to the Word to confirm what we believe. We go to the Bible, to the Word of God, to form our beliefs. Now, a lot of people today have beliefs, have opinions, and then they go cherry-pick scriptures to form a doctrine that is not true. You don't have an opinion or a belief and then try to prove it. You read the word of God, study the word of God, a workman rightly dividing the, word, dividing the word of truth, and you get your belief from the Bible. Well, why are there so many different people who believe so many different things? I just told you. Well, are you right, Pastor Mark? I'm trying to be. Am I growing? Can I learn things from everybody? I can. So can you. But everybody, people say this, well, I just believe. Well, you scare me right there. Well, I just believe. Well, it's not important. How about the word of God says? Chapter and verse. Book, chapter and verse. Right? Y'all with me? John chapter 14. How many of you know Jesus is always right? Do you believe everything in the Bible is re correctly recorded? Do you believe it's the inspired word of God? Do you believe you can do what it says you can do? Do you believe you can have what it says you can have? All right. I heard you. Verse 12, John 14. Verily, verily, truly, truly, I say unto you, he that believes on me. Is that you? Check. The works that I do. What did Jesus do? Well, he raised the dead, healed the sick, ministered to the brokenhearted. Uh-oh. The works that I do, what? You'll do also. 
greater works. This is where people get messed up. I don't believe you're going to do greater works and you're going to have a better miracle than Jesus. Maybe you're not even individually, uh, personally doing as much as Jesus. But the greater works, these shall you do. He's writing to the body of Christ. How many know if everybody in the body of Christ would do what the Bible says, there would be a lot of things going on? He said, why? Because I'll go to my father. Now listen, verse 13, 14. um, I talked to you about this in prayer, and I did it on purpose. But I want you to, uh, let's look at this. So this is after verse 12, but now let's look at verse 13. And whatsoever you shall ask, that word ask can be translated many different ways. One of the ways it can be translated is demand. So let's just do it that way. And whatever you demand in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Verse 14. Verse 14. And if you demand anything... If you shall demand anything in my name, I'll do it. Now, people get messed up with this because in verse, in chapter 15 and 16, just for clarity, even though I don't have time, we're going to do it for clarity anyway. Um, I want you to see this. I want you to see, uh, I didn't write it down. Uh, John 15, uh, 16, you have not chosen me, but I've chosen you and ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit and their fruit would remain. And whatever you ask of the, what is that? That's prayer. In, verse, in chapter 15, verse 16, he says, you're asking the Father in my name, I'll give it to you. Chapter 16, 23 and 24, uh, it says, in that day you'll ask me nothing, verily I send to you, whatsoever you shall ask the he will give it you. Here, here to you, ask nothing in my name, and you shall receive that your joy will be full. So on both of those places, he's saying, ask the Father. So when you and I pray, who do we ask? We don't pray to Jesus. You can talk to Jesus. You can fellowship with Jesus. But when it comes to prayer, believing you've received something, whatsoever the things you desire when you pray, believe you receive them and you'll have them. This is the confidence I have in him to ask anything according to his will. Know that he hears me. Know he hears me. I know I have position. I desire of him. i got to hurry. i gotta get, I got to get you to a place. Lord, help me be Robert right now. Hallelujah. Um, <laughs> um, so... Actually, he's really slowed down. Um, but anyway, uh, see, I just wasted 30 seconds. Anyway, so, um, but can you see you're praying to the Father? And then verse John 14, 13 and 14 follows verse 12. Acts chapter 3, man at the gate called beautiful, such as I have, give I thee. In the name of Jesus. What is that? He's not asking God to heal. He's demanding this crippled man be well in a name. As if Jesus himself were there to make it good. And then Jesus, we all agree, correctly recorded, says, the works that I do, you shall do also, and even greater works. And Brother Hagin, I remember he used to say the greater works were salvation and the baptism of the Holy Ghost, because Jesus hadn't done any of those works yet. He wasn't getting people saved or filled with the Holy Ghost yet, because he had not ascended yet. Whatever, whichever way. But then verse 13 and 14 go with verse 12. So yes, anything you ask the Father in Jesus' name, he's going to give it to you. 
But how do you minister to the sick? How do you minister to the oppressed? How do you minister to the brokenhearted? One way, not the only way, is to invoke the name of Jesus. And whatever you demand, whatever you say in the name of Jesus, Jesus says, I am right there to make it good. It's as though I were there with you to make it good. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. E.W. Kenyon, the wonderful name of Jesus, said four things. Uh, Brother Hagen repeated them. They're in his book, uh, The Name of Jesus. The Legacy Edition is my favorite. But we, you and I have been given the right to use this name. Come on, one more time, just say Jesus. Jesus. We are born into the family of God, and the name of Jesus belongs to the family. In other words, you inherited it. You are part of the family of God, and the name of Jesus belongs to you. Because you're born again. You're adopted. He's your elder brother. Number two, we are baptized into the name. So, when you get born again, the Spirit of God baptizes you into the body of Christ. Water baptism is an outward evidence of something happened, and you're baptized in Jesus' name. And then Jesus himself is the baptizer of the Holy Ghost and fire. Fully immersed, we are fully immersed into the name. And being baptized in the name, we are baptized into Christ himself. Number three. This name was conferred upon us by Jesus who gave us the power of attorney. Uh, Luke, Matthew, and Mark say so. That he said, go. In other words, in my name, you'll cast out. So this name was conferred upon you. So now you have delegated authority to use that name. He needs you to use his name. He needs you to speak about him to others. He needs you to lay hands on the sick so that they will recover. He needs you to invoke the name of Jesus so that he can stand there with you and the, the, what, what has been given to him and he's given to the body of Christ can help people. Number four, we are commanded as ambassadors to go and herald this name among all nations. Amen. I want you to turn back to Acts chapter 4. Acts chapter 4. Remember, I said we we're going to come back to it. Remember, they were beaten and let go. They were told not to. Well, the first time they weren't beaten. They, they were just told, don't preach or teach anymore in the name of Jesus. So they went to their own company of believers. And you remember, they prayed. They prayed. And when they prayed, remember, the end result was the place was shaken. And uh, when they had heard that they lifted up their voice, so they told them everything, the chief priests, they lifted up their voice with one accord and said, Lord, your God, who has made the heaven and earth and see all them is. And then um, I, I want you to see, they talked about some things. Verse 29, and now Lord, behold, they're threatening and granted your servants that with all boldness, we may speak your word. Everybody say, Lord, give us boldness to be a minister of reconciliation. Lord, give us boldness to speak the word of reconciliation. Lord, give us boldness to speak the name of Jesus. How? By stretching forth your hand to heal 
and that signs and wonders will be done by the name of the holy child Jesus. So they told them, shut up about the name. You ignorant and unlearned men, even though you've been with Jesus, I'm telling you to shut up. I'm telling you to, you know, decease and desist. They've been given orders. So they went back to their own company and they said, this is what they said. What are y'all going to do about it? And they began to pray and they began to pray. And one of the things they prayed is, Lord, don't stop, do more. And in the name of your holy child, Jesus, come on, let's see some more signs. Let's see some more wonders. Prayer, prayer, emphasis coming again on praying together, on prayer. I invite all the men of Cornerstone. You come over to Joe Wheeler. I believe on Thursday night we're going to pray, and I believe some things are going to change. There's some kind of emphasis coming back on prayer and the power of prayer and communing with God. Number two, prayer. Remember when Jesus was on the earth, and he said the harvest is plenteous, but the labors are few. Pray ye the Lord of the harvest that he would thrust his harvesters into the field. Well, you are those harvesters. You are those men, come on, you are those harvesters. You are those harvesters. So, before we leave this morning, I want you to stand, everybody. Now, maybe we haven't been threatened, but there's a whole lot of worldly pressure to shut up, sit down. If that's the way you all want to be, you be that way, but leave us all alone. But guess what? That ain't going to happen. Well, it's their choice. Yeah, if we just leave them alone, think, they think it's their choice, but they're blinded. They don't know the truth. You do. Is it good to be saved? Is it good to be filled with the Holy Ghost? Is it good to know Jesus? Well, we're gonna do what they did. We're gonna pray. And then I'm gonna pray over you and you're gonna receive it. Hallelujah. So first, let's just come. Let's lift up our hands. Let's do what they did in the book of Acts. Father, we just come in the name of Jesus and we magnify you. We give you glory. We give you honor. Father, we're so grateful for the name that is above every name. We're so grateful that at the name of Jesus, every knee bows and every tongue confesses that Jesus is Lord. We exalt Jesus today. We exalt you, Lord, in this place. We honor you. We praise you. We glorify you. We love you. We lift up your name on high. Jesus, 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 Son of God, Son of Man, the Holy One the Lamb of God, the Lion of the tribe of Judah, the Most High, the Most Holy. We worship you. We honor you. Jesus, the Healer. Jesus, the Deliverer. Jesus, Savior. Jesus, King of Kings. Jesus, Lord of Lords. Be glorified in this place. And Lord, we see in your word and we imitate what they did. But we ask you to stretch forth your hand to heal. We ask you to stretch forth your hand to heal in the name of Jesus. We ask you to use us to bring forth reconciliation to the world, to our family, to our friends, to our coworkers, to strangers. 
Lord, use us. Now, Father, I pray over every member of Cornerstone Word of Life Church, those that call us pastors. We are, Lord, I ask you to use them in the harvest. Father God, I ask you to send them forth into the harvest field of North Alabama and Southern Tennessee to this radius that you have given us. I ask you to send them into their workplace. I ask you to send them into their neighborhood. I ask you to send them to the ball fields, to the classrooms. I ask you to send them to the grocery stores, uh, to the marketplace. I ask you to send them everywhere. We pray to the Lord of the harvest that he would thrust Cornerstone Word of Life Church into his harvest field. Lord, we're so grateful for what you've done in the nations through this church. But Lord, and I, and I appreciate that and I thank you for that. But right here in North Alabama, in Southern Tennessee, where you've assigned us to be, there are people dying and going to hell. There are people who are backslidden. There are people who are religious. And I'm asking you to thrust us forth into your harvest field. Every, every member a minister. Every member a minister who reaches one and changes people's lives. We ask you, Lord of the harvest, to thrust us into the harvest field, not alone, but with a name that is above every name. I want everybody in this room lift one hand up to heaven and say this, say, Father God, I am a minister of reconciliation. You have given me the word of reconciliation. I am a laborer in your harvest field. And so, Father, I ask you to give me divine appointments this week and every week throughout this year that I can proclaim the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen.